We begin with a simple meditation, allowing your body to relax and enjoy the conversation which is to come. Sit comfortably and when you are able to, close your eyes. Place your attention on your breath as you inhale and exhale through your nose. With each inhale, drive your breath into your belly, allowing it to expand. And as you exhale, allow the breath to exit with a gentle sigh. One more deep breath in, into your belly. And a gentle exhale as you sigh. And again, a deep inhale into your belly, allowing for a full exhale as you sigh. As you bring your breath to a regular calm pace, inhaling and exhaling through your nose, allow for a wave of relaxation to wash over your body. Finding any areas that may be holding tension. Begin scanning at the top of your head, noticing your brow, your jaw, releasing any tension. Scan your neck, your shoulders, lifting your shoulders up to your ears and allowing them to drop. And again, lifting the shoulders up to the ears and allowing them to drop. Feeling the weight of the world rolling off. As you continue to relax, allow your chest and your upper back to release as you become aware of the beating of your heart in your chest. You may gently place your fingertips on your sternum, feeling the beating of your heart. Chin to chest in gratitude. As you continue to relax, let any tension go from your belly and you may place one hand on your heart and one on your belly, connecting the vibration of these two centers through your hands. Release even further, feeling the weight of your body on your seat as you place your hands on your lap. Allow for this wave of relaxation to wash over your legs, puddling at your feet with any traces of tension disappearing into the ground. Continue to inhale and exhale through your nose, allowing yourself to relax even further Breathe for another three rounds of breath. And when you're ready, you may open your eyes. Hello, and welcome to the Live Journal Podcast. I'm your host, Paola Atlason, holistic health consultant and healthy lifestyle designer. 
During the podcast, I will be in conversation with renowned women in service to their community, sharing personal stories and the self-care rituals that keep us grounded. Let's begin. Hello, friends, and happy Friday. I'm excited to be with you guys since I wasn't around last week, but today we have a great conversation with somebody that I admire and have a lot of respect for. She is a personal stylist and a graduate of the journey, Connie, who I see came in already. Before I let her in, please know that you can send your questions. Some of you already sent a couple of questions, but you can type them on the chat or send in the question box. Announcements. I have my next group course beginning on 323. It is a Wednesday, I believe. I still have space. If you want to join, you can email me for details, Paola at paolaatlason.live and I will happily schedule an intro chat with you. I, sometimes I have group intro chats or we can speak one-on-one. But if you want to jump in, your time is now with all the pressures and all the things that are going around us. Um, as caretakers, women, we tend to take the big toll and take the, you know, the brunt of it. So I would love to teach you how to take care of yourself so that you can continue to move forward and feeling unbreakable so email me 323 is the next group i do have a couple of mentorship spots open those can start immediately and those are one-on-one coaching a little longer a little deeper depends on what you need but i'm here for it and without further ado i'm going to let connie in hi hey can you hear me i can hear you and i can see you excellent i can i feel like i match your tree Yes, you are very vibrant in your beautiful green. I love green. It's actually my favorite color, or maybe uh, equal with black. black. <laughs> I like what you said about uh, you wear black because there's nothing darker. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, that I, I so, guess it's with anyone from New York. Yes, but that's a very New York, New York type of thing to do. So how are you today? I'm very well. How are you doing? I'm excited for this session. I know. We did one... It was a long time ago now that you interviewed me. Mm-hmm. I have the honor of interviewing you because I've followed you for a very long time. I always thought you were the chicest exerciser because <laughs> just like well, well, most of us are look like we're dying. You are so graceful, but also your outfits were very coordinated, and I didn't know at that time that you were a stylist so then I realized you are a stylist and you actually offer so many easy simple tips you're not styling with only super high-end designer you really do the high-low mix but I want you to share with everyone who you are what you do and we can take it from there Absolutely. So my name is Connie I'm a personal stylist personal shopper based in Oslo Norway With today's technology and especially, uh, you know, with COVID, everyone is very familiar and it's no problem for anyone to work with Teams and Zoom. So I work truly globally. I've had clients in Sydney, Australia, in the US, in London. So it works really well digitally as well. That's one part of it. And then I am an entrepreneur. I develop my own ballet bar 
I do love my ballet bar online classes that I've done in my living room for quite a while now. And I started off with a chair, you know, like you do. And I figured, no, I don't, I want to take it to the next level. I want to have a real ballet bar so that I can max the effect of the at-home workout. And I couldn't find one that I liked. I'm quite picky, <laughs> so I don't want any anything really in my living room. So I just thought, well, okay, I'll have it made the way I want it. So I developed one. It's very Nordic, very like wooden and sleek. And yeah, so that's also something that I've done recently. And it's so beautiful. I mean, it's, it's such a big, again, I feel like sometimes exercise equipment is too something. It's either too ugly, like weird colors, plasticky looking, or trying too hard. But your aesthetic, I think, really comes through from your st personal styling into this product that you've developed. Thank you. And clearly, you know, it's it's my Scandinavian background, too, that has a huge influence with, with the wooden style, which um, I know is not that familiar or, you know, in the rest of the world. We, we do use it a lot and we, we like it. Yeah, you honor, I feel like you honor long-lasting materials. I mean, I'm married to a... He's not Scandinavian, but he's Icelandic, so they're kind of the same. All, uh, we're all one big family. <laughs> but is the attention to detail, but not for the fuss of it, I feel like, but more for the um, timelessness of mm -hmm. it. I remember the first time I went to Iceland, my husband's father takes a lot of pride in, in his furniture. And his furniture he's had forever, but it's those big you know, Scandinavian names that cost a bunch of money now, but it, it looks new and it looks worn with love and just long. And I, I've been going there now for 20 plus years and it's the same furniture and it's the same stuff and it's beautiful. And I remember like, for example, this was his mother gave us this as a Christmas present. Yes. You know? And somebody would think, Oh, that's something very fancy, but everybody has this in their house. You know, or if you go buy plates, you go get some Itala plates. Or if you're going to buy anything, is you buy the thing, right? Yes. So what's your point of view on aesthetics? Because styling is so many things, but I love where you come from. So what? how do you define your aesthetics? Oh, how, how I define my aesthetics. It's a big part of my life, especially now, you know, that I have transitioned from uh, from the corporate life. I was working in the corporate for many years, but now I've, I've allowed it to become even a bigger part of my life. And I think that that's been always been my trademark. Like, I don't want to blow my own own horn in, in no way, but people have always given me compliments about how I dress and asked where I bought stuff. You know, I've been a source of information when girlfriends wanted to buy handbags, they would ask me and also expounds into holiday locations, you know, what hotels, my background is from hotels too. So, you know, I, but I, I have an eye for, for finding good hotels, good restaurants and aesthetics is always a, a very big part of it. So I, I think it's important. I mean, I, I guess someone will call it shallow, but I think it's it really can can create a feeling you know what you surround yourself with and in your home if it's you feel well and it's beautiful and and, and clean and taken care of then uh, you will it will be better for you to live there and i think with clothes too you send a uh, send a strong message not only to other people but to yourself 
And uh, I've just elegance, I think, is my word that I've heard people tell me through the years. And, and what I, I resonate with that. I, I love everything that's uh, elegant and, and timeless. I really like I, I'd rather go for a timeless piece than, you know, what's really hot right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I love that you bring bring up these these words because I also would add to that sophistication. You have a very sophisticated palette. You have a very sophisticated line. People tend to kind of confuse what those things mean. For for example, I feel like sometimes people think that elegant means conservative when elegant doesn't have to look contrived. And sometimes people interpret elegant as being like totally covered up and like very, you know, and and sophisticated sometimes can swing to overly designed because they think that it's attention to detail means adding a lot of detail when it's actually the subtlety and coming from a, a fashion background as well. You know, I never worked with expensive product. I had different tiers and different categories with the brands I worked with but even within the limitation of the material you can have a sophistication in the design where people usually do the opposite people think oh because it's cheaper let's put a lot of stuff on it so that it looks expensive and i feel like it's so much the opposite so how do you define elegant and sophisticated I think it's about knowing yourself well and, what, first of all, what works for you. So finding out, you know, play play up your good sides and, and flaunt, if you've got it, flaunt it. Find clothing and shoes and accessories that underscores who you are. You know, if you have a, a basic wardrobe with classic pieces, you can always count on those and they will always pull together your outfit so that. If you wear something loose or uh, super trendy, you know, if you add one classic item, you will always have that touch of sophistication and touch of elegance. So a mix of trendy, a mix of the classics with like the, the main weight on the classics. Because I think fashion is a, and style is about being playful too, right? You, you should be able to, to have fun with it. I love it because it's, It can be fun, even though it's sophisticated and you can be within a trend and it can still be sophisticated. And I feel that for me, the most unsophisticated thing you can do connects to what you just said is trying to be something other than yourself or trying to put on clothes that the cut doesn't doesn't look good on you. Not because your body's wrong, but because that cut, that style, that line doesn't, that color doesn't look good on you and I think it's so funny for example talking about green this sweater is like 15 years old it's Chloe from I don't even know if Phoebe Philo time it's it's old but I've ha- or I think this is from Stella McCartney time maybe it's old it's an old green sweater I loved it I bought it had it in my closet green was the thing right last year Bottega brought it back the the green and everything everybody was wearing green I'm like I have something green and I (laughs) I caught this big and I'm like oh I have a green thing it's a beautiful thing I paid for it but I've had it for you know I don't know how many years but if green wouldn't look good on me I wouldn't wear the green and green is a very specific color so so many people wearing this green and this green doesn't look good on everybody. And I, I'm very particular about color. I'm like you. I 
it's not a, a main, you know, a, a staple in my closet. I do have some things, but it's because those colors look good on me. So I wouldn't go wearing something, you know, but what do you feel are some mistakes people make regarding trend and color? It's what's hot right now. And I think many people perhaps use a lot of money on things that are very trendy, but then, you know, in, in two years, I don't think the, the apple green bag from Bottega is going to be as hot as I use that as an example a lot because I, I would always recommend my clients to, to rather, if you're going to buy a Bottega Veneta bag, don't buy the green one, right? Because it's, you know, go for the classics. And if you want to play with what's on trend right now, you can use the options that you have with high streets. And other mistakes people do is to not know, like they don't have a strategy so that they will just jump on. If there's a sale, it's like 50%. Woohoo, I'll buy that. And then you realize, oh, I'm not sure if it fits properly or I have three dresses that are almost the same or, you know, so you lack that strategy and you, you waste money in, in that sense. And then circling back to what I said earlier, not really knowing what suits you the best so that you pick outfits that might not bring out the best in you mm -hmm, absolutely and you know we i think we have one of that's one of the biggest issues i feel like that we are used to buying on sale or we 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 have been conditioned to to that model right of wait for the sale buy on sale and we get caught up on oh this thing costs this amount of money And now it's on sale, so I'm going to buy it because it was a trendy thing. And, and almost you're just placing the value on owning the thing as opposed to the outcome of, am I really going to wear that? Am I trying? Because shopping, is, it's a very dopaminergic activity. It's like you feel good, even though you feel so guilty maybe after when you buy something. But it's definitely a feel good thing but we are it's like oh it's on sale and it's a trendy thing for now but think about it are you going to wear that three years five years ten years from now and not that again everything in your closet needs to be like that but I grew up with my mom she's very stylish and she was very we lived in the Dominican Republic but her style was very kind of Amer American sportswear so she would Bermuda, khaki Bermuda. So this is the 80s, right? Or she would have like a beautiful silk top that she would pair with really nice trousers. And she always had Gucci loafers in Dominican Republic. And she would save her money. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she everything she had was very specific and her jewelry. So I grew up with that in my environment. But I feel like a lot of the newer generations, people are growing up with all this disposable clothing and fast fashion and maybe they don't know how to tell so what would you tell what would you say to somebody that's trying to build a nice little closet what are the top three five things to be mindful of when you're buying clothing yeah first of all you need to go through what you already have and do a real assessment of uh, what do i have and Try to think of where am I in my life? What signal do I want to send with my clothes? Do I am I like uh, climbing the corporate ladder or am I an artist? So that uh, you know what direction and what you want to signal with your clothes. If you want to be restricted with the money and you, or like have a strategic strategic approach and you you don't have the the biggest budget, if you're climbing the corporate ladder and you want to signal that, maybe that's 
leather jacket is um, the moto jacket is not what you should be focusing on right now so it's important to have a kind of strategy and then the you know you have items that you can always use that i think work for most people a fitted blazer a trench coat and i think bags and shoes are very important i think you can ruin an outfit even though you're super stylish and everything is on point but if you have the wrong shoes it will just ruin everything so shoes are very important i do recommend my clients to spend like if you're really going to spend your money shoes are somewhere that you should start so if you have at least like three pairs that you can always count on that will always work with most outfits then that's a good place to start i love this whole strategy angle i had never thought about it that way that's really interesting so number one shop your closet edit look at the pieces you have a good thing to do when you shop your own clothing is to try them on and take a picture in the mirror you know, different skirt lengths, different trousers lengths, widths, so that you can see. Easy, you can so easily see when you flip through the pictures. Oh, that style looks really good on me, but this style, uh-uh. So that's a very good way to like have a an easy visual evaluation of, of what's already there, so that you know what to look for when you go shopping for new trousers or new skirts or new, or new dress. That's so smart because we always it's it is very different looking at yourself straight in the mirror than looking at a picture of yourself with the clothes on. And I think that's why we fall into the trap of buying into trends that don't or cuts or fits that don't look good on us because we see a model, we see somebody with it on. And it's interesting because as you know, with my clients, I ask you guys to send me pictures of of your face and body every week, not because of the before and after, but because I'm looking at it and I'm looking at where the inflammation has gone down. But when people start looking at their own photos, at first they don't want to look at them. They're like, oh, I don't want to look. And then you you kind of get used to it. And then you start noticing and looking at your body in a different way. So it's like me in the mirror is different than me <laughs> in a photograph. So I love that. You know, it, all, it just gets better every <laughs> time. So in then you're like, oh, I look really good. This <laughs> is your program. <laughs> Like, oh my God, I'm going, I don't want to do it. And then every week something, something shifts and something moves. And I feel talking about that, I feel that your aesthetic and your, your taste level even translates into your, your food and how you present your plate. And that is so important, you know, connecting that to what you said before. I really truly believe, and again, I used to work with brands that were not expensive. It was mass market or that middle tier. And I I truly believe that people like beautiful things, even though they don't know. It's just that they're not offered that many of them. So if you go to a shop and you're buying a very affordable pair of shoes or a, a plate or a, a flower vase, and there's one that they could be the same price, and there's one that's done in a very subtle, more sophisticated, prettier way, people tend to gravitate to that one than the one that's looking cheap on purpose, even though you may not be able to describe why. But people, especially women, aesthetically, we do like nicer things, but there's this disconnect between cheaper. And it happens with food too. Like when you're eating your food and you put it on a plate and you just throw it on there, visually you're 
it's not going to bring you as much joy as if you just ideal played it and, and make sure that you're what what's your approach to that what comes to mind is I've been working with this uh, mindset coach called Karen Mullins, who's also a Tracy Anderson follower. But she says to her clients and as well that, you know, why should you wait until the special occasion before you bring out your best china or your this uh, Tumblr, you know? It's a little bit about self-worth too. Like I'm worth, you know, I'm, I'm worth this beautiful meal with a napkin and candle lights and make it special because... It, it makes you feel good and it just elevates the whole experience, I think. Yeah, it's like making your bed in the morning. I love, and I again, I get all these things from my mother. I have to make my bed in the morning because I want to come back to a beautiful bed. And it's not even stuffy, like super made up. It's just done. You know, I like to not have any dirty dishes at the end of the day. I want the kitchen to be spotless because I want to oh, come back. Yeah. I tell my teenage daughter, I'm like, honestly, you can't, you know, you can't have order in your mind if if your room is like chaotic like this. So sometimes she agrees and she goes, mom, can you help me clean up? But, you know, I help push her in the right direction. But no, I, I agree totally. I, I like it when it, the surface is clean, and especially when you wake up in the morning or the, that the kitchen is clean. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I think it's, and you know, going back to what you said before, if you're wearing, if whatever you're wearing is sending a message, not only to the people you're interacting with, but to yourself. So even during lockdown, I would get dressed up head to toe because I know that if I'm dressed up from here up, but I'm wearing my husband calls sweatpants, fart pants. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, why? Right. He, he, if he sees me, he's like, why are you wearing that? But I know that I, I, you feel it. So even if I'm only being seen from here up, I know how it feels at the bottom, and I don't, I don't, I don't want to feel like that, and I don't want to come across. You know, in general, if you uh, someone asks you, what's your association with sweatpants? Efficiency structure, all of those things that you want to accomplish during your workday, none of those, right? So if you're wearing sweatpants, that's a signal you're sending to you, but it's okay. You know, you can relax. It's, I, I, I truly believe in this. So I agree. I've, I've, all, I've dressed up as well. And yeah, it helps me. Yeah. Especially, you know, when we were working from home, you and I both work from home too. It's to signal that so now it's work time. Yeah. <laughs> so almost like having a little structure and having a little compartmentalization of time because if you're in pjs all day i mean again not that there's anything wrong with it to each their own like if i if i'm feeling <laughs> jessica say she's gonna change her pants if, if it depends on what you're doing right because i'm talking to people all day long so if mm-hmm. i'm talking people i'm presenting myself to people even if in, even if it's on the phone and how i'm presenting myself to them I'm presenting to myself, myself, I'm presenting them. And I remember when I was shifting careers from fashion where I was ultra dressed up all day, every day, like head to toe, like I was physically going somewhere where it was all about that. And it meant that, and I loved it. I absolutely loved it. 
going to working from home and doing something different where I don't need that level of dressing up but still being presentable. I remember talking to one of my, I consulted with one of my meditation teachers, Tom Knowles. I said, you know, I'm transitioning careers and I just want some advice. I just wanted to talk to somebody kind of disconnected from all of it, but somebody that has lived life, right? And even though he's a meditation teacher and his field is neuroscience slash spirituality, one of the first pieces of advice he gave me was always show up, always present yourself, look nice, look like yourself, but don't think that now because you're doing something that's not fashion, you don't have to be unfashionable. And I was like, wow, you know, like I wasn't even expecting that from him. So going back to what you were saying about these strategies, it doesn't even have to mean that you're climbing the corporate ladder, right? It could be anything that you're doing. What are some specific tips you would give people that are working from home and want to feel a little bit more presentable? Mm. So I get this question a lot. How can I be comfortable, but still stylish? So I usually say that like, if you have one, like if you wear jeans, which I would say is quite comfortable, right? You can have maybe, you know, a shirt or something that's a bit more classic and tailored or, and so, so you have one comfortable item or you have a, a big oversized boyfriend v-neck sweater perhaps you can pair them with some tailored trousers so that you have an item that brings in a little bit of structure but you still have the com- it's comfortable it's a comfortable outfit yeah so comfort but structure so not yeah. it makes stuffy but something that you can that gives you that that feeling of of being put together we have a couple of really good questions i want to ask you so jessica was asking what are your thoughts on these secondhand websites like bestiare.com or other individual resellers and i i love this as an opening to vintage shopping in general or or consignment shopping I think it's a brilliant place to go look for pieces that, you know, if you if you want a specific bag and why not? I mean, if it's pre-owned, pre-loved and it looks, you know, it's in, in, in a very good condition, but you can get it to a cheaper price and also, you know, it's more sustainable. I think that's a, a brilliant idea. So I, I don't have any personal experience with that web website, but I've heard it's good. And that the only problem with that is I know that you can't return things, which might be a little bit of a problem. I mean, I, I, I like the idea. I think Farfetch has their own pre-owned section right now, which is excellent. So that's mm-hmm. for really good pre-owned pieces yeah and probably a lot of those pieces are from people that buy them on sale and then it doesn't look good on them and then they have to get i I mean why not i think it's a great way to to buy especially looking for investment pieces right that are very expensive if you can get them pre-loved and in good condition i think it's a beautiful thing Yes. And what about vintage shopping, like really vintage? What are your tips regarding that? I personally do not know how to shop vintage. I have no idea. I feel like it's smelly. I don't like the places. And if I go to a very curated place and it's very expensive, so I, I'm i not an expert in that for myself at all. I, I 
I'm more or less in your category. It's not my speciality, I do have to say. However, I do have a store in Oslo where I do give my things in when I no longer use them. And, you know, it's it's designer things that are, you know, I, I don't feel like I want to give them to charity. I want to, like, honor the pieces. I mean, these are my babies, right? <laughs> so I, not all of them I want to give to charity. I feel like, you know, I just gave Missoni dress and the Diane from Furstenberg dress and, you know, things like that. I really like the thought of someone else enjoying enjoying those pieces you know and the next part of the journey so it's important to 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 do your research find the stores that have a well curated section instead of just diving in somewhere without having done your research yes absolutely i love that i love that and it's I, i'm the same way like i will donate a lot of clothes but things that are special i will either give to somebody that i know will take care of it or place somewhere where somebody that will understand it take care we actually have a friend my my husband has a friend that he's an expert in vintage everything it's his he was a child i think he grew up his family was into that and apparently very recently he found this baseball jersey that somebody was selling in the middle of nowhere u.s and he paid a couple hundred dollars for it and immediately flipped it and made like $30,000 on it. He just like dusted it off, arranged it. And it was, you know, some people have this magical talent for spotting like some old Saint Laurent that lost a tag, but they know what it is because they, by looking at it, you know, it's this yeah. amazing thing. So Connie, how does it, all of this translate to how you take care of yourself? Because the way that I met you through Instagram was, because you were working out and you were posting your videos. Why were you posting them? And what? how does that connect to your approach to, to your life, how you present yourself? Why I was posting them? Yeah, what was your motivation to posting? And, and what, it, what does that mean to you in your life, that your workouts and your self-care? So I started posting just before there was a Vitality Week in London. And I thought, I'm going there. Everyone now seems to be like posting. So why, I, you know, why I'll try. So I, that's how it started. And then I met so many people who asked about my Instagram handle at that Vitality Week. So it just grew from there. And one of the reasons that I got hooked on Tracy Anderson was her outfits. <laughs> I mean, in like the design series, she's wearing, I think she's wearing Stella McCartney. And I'm like, oh my God. I've told people before in, on Instagram Live, Instagram Live and then on, you know, sessions like this, that Norwegians are very sporty people. And you're supposed to like run in the woods until you taste blood, or you're supposed to climb a mountain, be outside, you know. But I'm being the aesthetic that I am and as feminine and as you know, I, I love my fashion. I love everything. So that this this was my, the, the, these are my people, you know, people with like beautiful bodysuits and the cool leggings. And it was so far from the outdoor scene, which in typical workout wear, right? So I just love that aspect of it. And then I got to express myself even more through not only like the clothes I was wearing in everyday life at work and at home, but also when I was working out. So I love that whole part of it. And I love when she says to her, it's a performance. So you should 
perform as if someone paid you money to, to see you work out. So that really resonates, resonated with me. And like you put on a uniform and again, you know, you send a signal like we spoke about earlier. You send a signal like now it's time to step up your game, Connie. You're hitting the mat, you know, and you're about to perform. So it's, I think it's all like, to me, just, I like that aspect of it. What does, what does movement and, and how you eat, how you move, how you take care of yourself connect with all of the things that we've been speaking of in, in terms of caring for yourself? Because I feel a lot of times people feel that caring for yourself is only how you eat and how you move. Oh, mm. I eat and I exercise and a lot of times people are actually paying more attention to exercise and to how they're eating and that's one of the biggest mistakes that I see with my students is that people are working out a lot they're working out two three hours a day but then the diet is not you know refined and then they're not seeing results and it's it's all of it it's 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 everything so what are all the things that you feel nurture you apart from the aesthetic that you built for yourself and as we know the importance of movement like you asked recently my my three what are my three non-negotiable when it comes to self-care and it's movement and it's sleep and it's what i eat i think also if i wasn't able to express myself through the way i dress to me it's i take great pleasure in putting together an outfit and and look present myself in, in, in this way that I do. I take time in the morning, I put on my makeup, I do my hair. I love that signal it sends to myself and how that makes me feel. I think it all interconnects really. If you, you neglect how you dress and you just don't care about it, it affects all the other things. The same with food, the same with exercise. But one thing that you learned, you taught me that, and I never really looked at it that way, but, you know, the, the, the difference, no, that, what you taught me, right? So you have that many meals per week and that many workouts per week. Like, usually you won't exceed seven workouts per week. So, you know, it becomes very obvious when you put those two against each other, where, is, where should your effort go if, if you, you know, need to focus obviously the meals is where you should start so i i like that approach and yeah but i think everything the way you present yourself the way you and, and i think it's about self-worth too right to not to put yourself first both in you know make sure you you have time to to feel well with what you wear make sure you you eat well make sure you will work out to and sleep then lots that then you have a good base <laughs> i love to say put yourself first because yeah. oftentimes we don't put ourselves first we put ourselves mm -hmm. last and that's why we feel like we don't have time to do any of these essential things and we we default on on whatever we have handy well i'm just gonna throw this on i'm just gonna eat this i'm just gonna skip the workout i'm just going to to do whatever because I don't have time for myself. And and that goes for women that are mothers, not mothers, work at home, work in the office, are stay-at-home moms. It doesn't matter what your level of busyness is. Even if you have all other things to do in the world or nothing to do, you have to put yourself first because yes. you, are, you are the driver of that ship. And I love that. Let's see 
some a couple of people sent some really good questions I wanted to. Okay, so somebody has a specific question, and I think this could be a good opportunity for you to describe how you work with people long distance, because I love that you brought that up in the beginning. With technology, we mm -hmm. can anybody in the world we've worked together and you're in Norway and I'm in New York and you have clients in Australia, etc. So this person is asking, do you have any style tips for petites and how would you go about working with a petite customer? I consider myself petite. I guess I'm borderline. I'm 160 centimeter, but I think it's about tailoring is very important for, for petite women and girls, then what you buy off the rack will not necessarily fit you. So make sure you befriend a good tailor. I know it sounds expensive, but it really isn't. And you can tweak it, you know, raise the skirt length this much or the trousers or take in whatever it is so that it fits you the way it should. That's a brilliant tip for, for us that are more petite. I think also you can use that to your advantage. I've bought some jeans in the kids department, you know, so you can buy cl classic things like that that are like for, for teenagers. You can really like make some good buys taking advantage of that. I don't have a specific strategy. It's more individual with, with the way, you know, when I get to know my clients, but those are some tips I can give right now. And if, if, for example, if somebody, if I wanted to work with you, yes. what does that, that process look like? We start with a wardrobe analysis where I will ask in advance, can you please prepare at least three or four outfits? Typically, like, what would you wear to work? And you go to see your friends to have a coffee. You know, what would you wear on a date with your partner? So that I, can, I have a starting point. Also, I will ask you to at least mentally go through your, your wardrobe and, and think of is there something that is re really urgent that I really need like right now. And then the sessions are every single session I have becomes like a girlfriend session. It's so nice. And, you know, you try an outfit in the beginning. People are may maybe a little bit timid. And, and but, in, you know, we just I just ask them to try on so many things. I take the pictures, like I said, or. When I work digitally, I ask them to take a picture in the mirror of the outfit and, and, and send it to me, usually through WhatsApp, so that I can have those pictures to look back on when I start my work. And so we go through that, and through that dialogue and through the session, I get to take note of what it is that is missing, what is the client looking for. And then you know, I, when we finish the session, I will summarize everything and say to you, okay, so this is what I think you're you're looking for this is where I should focus my attention and also what I've seen from what you have this is what I think you're missing you know and and that are essential items that you should have for example shoes work bag if it's a clutch you know whatever and then we agree on that and then we when we have a list that we agreed on I go to work so this is where I spend a lot of time where I do the internet browsing or I visit the stores and I find the perfect coat or the perfect shoes. And I, you know, I, I know you now, so I will, I will send what I know will, will suit you and what you already have and your body type and all that. So I will send pictures and a link so you can easily click the pieces home. 
Also, I, I work individually, so I'm not restricted to a certain brand or a certain store. And I can pick the best from everywhere. I'm very good at finding pieces that, I, that are uh, high streets, but look expensive and look and are timeless and are beautiful. So I will most likely you know, have a mix of designer and, and high street in, in the suggestions that I will send. That's wonderful. So you can work with somebody's budget needs and budget. So it's not only, oh, I know you have these needs and you're going to send somebody things that cost thousands of dollars. Absolutely not. Yeah. And it's so great to, again, start with shopping your own closet because there are things you may have there that are just not fitting properly that can be tailored. And yes. you can adjust. What's your philosophy around that famous Marie Kondo, keep it if it brings you joy. What's your point of view on on things that don't bring you joy but you need to have in your closet or are there things that you shouldn't have in your closet because they're terrible even though they bring you joy? <laughs> Why would you have, would you wear it if it doesn't bring you joy? I don't think I would. <laughs> so I kind of agree with her. Not that I'm a hardcore Marie Kondo. I haven't done that, that kind of assessment with my own wardrobe, but I'm, I'm quite strict when I do, when I go through my own. I'm, if I haven't used it in two years, unless, you know, it's a special like ball gown or whatever, then I'm most likely not going to use it. So I'm, I'm give it away or give it to charity. Or, it's yeah. absolutely right. Because I remember when I was younger, 19, 20, 21, and it was job interview time. And here I was already in the U.S. and a very popular place to go get your interview clothes was J. Crew because J. Crew at that time was slacks and cardigan sets and all that stuff. Yeah. And I, even though I went to art school, that's where you would go to get like a an interview outfit. I remember buying these clothes and I just felt so frumpy and so sad wearing them. And, and then you go to the interview and you're just not feeling like yourself. And I remember the first time I rebelled against that. I said, you know what? I'm going to dress like myself for this job interview. And as you know, I changed my hair a lot. <laughs> One day she was like, how many? Every every week I see you with a different hairstyle. <laughs> That's my signature side. That's what brings me joy, right? It's like, I, I'll do it with my hair. But I remember I let my hair out for this job interview. So my Afro was out and I wore this little white tank top that I had cut this leaves and this beautiful linen skirt and red shoe. It was like me. And I got the job right away. <laughs> like, there was no second interview. They were like, yeah, we're going to hire you. And it was like, I feel like I caveat this though, because... I have a friend and she's interviewing at Shell, you know, the, the oil company. And she had said to her sister, I'm going to wear this boho skirt because I want to show my personality. And her sister very wisely said, you know, get the job first and then show your personality. So I think, you know, we should say that, yes, you should show your personality. But, you know, depends depends a little bit on, on where, where you're going for an interview. Well, I want to say I get a question a lot about how do I, uh, you know, avoid looking like, you know, blazer and pencil skirt, uniform. <coughs> how do I show personality? And that's a very good place to work with someone like me because... 
you know, we can, we can find that beautiful balance between having pieces that show you and show your personality, and especially femininity. Like if you work in a, in a male environment and everyone's a suit and the, they, they feel that it's very restricted. So I love that challenge to find that, you know, a, a beautiful feminine dress that still looks representable and, and works really well in the, in the office, but still like shows up the person's personality. Yeah. And yeah, go, you have to, I mean, I was interviewing for a fashion job that was more, so in, in that environment, coming in dress in J. Crew clothes that I only wear, you know, wear for yeah. them. But you, you can do so much with makeup, hair, jewelry. It doesn't have to happen with, with the clothes. And I feel that's something else where people kind of lose balance and you, you don't have to express everything at the same time. Like even when I, when I change my hair, the clothes change. Like if my hair is a, p- a point of focus and the clothes. Personality <laughs> change. <laughs> <laughs> personality changes. But yeah, find, find your strong point. Find, are, are you, are you, do you, are you good at expressing yourself with the clothes? And then how does everything else sit with that? Or can you, can you, if you're more toned down with the clothes, how can you express yourself more? through makeup and all that. But there's one more question and then I want to let you tell people how they can find you. So this person asks, favorite stores to shop for fashion staples. So do you have a couple that are on the higher end and a couple on the on the mid-low end? Mm-hmm. My ultimate fashion place is Net-A-Porter. It's just aesthetically very beautifully put together. So it's a joy to shop online. I really do love Net-A-Porter. And then a good number two, My Teresa, obviously, Farfetch has a, a much wider variety, but it's not as aesthetically beautiful as the two previous. So though, those are for high end. For like mid-level, I do like, I think Massimo Dutti has a lot of classic sleek pieces. I do actually buy, even though this is, uh, this is not, like this is like very high street, but Sarah has some great pieces, but you have to be a little bit patient and again, you know, have a strategy. So know what you're looking for and what looks good for you uh, or what works for you and your body type. You know, if you go to my website and then to the fashion blog, you, you'll be able to, to see a little bit there. And yeah. my Instagram, of course. No, it's exactly. I feel like I agree with you. Netta Porte and Mata Teresa are very curated. Farfetch is so confusing to me because yeah. it's stuff. It's like yukes. It's almost like that. I can't. It's a lot. But I have a tip actually when for people shopping at places like Zara. To your point, you have to be knowing what you're looking for. The main thing for to do in my mind is touch the fabric. Like you can spot cheap fabric a mile away even though you don't know what it is it's in how it drapes it's in how it clings to the body so touch fabric don't before you even put it on your body and it doesn't need you know always look i personally always look for cotton wool linen you know and and that you can find it but even if it's a synthetic or a blend just touch it and see if you like touching it because if you don't like touching it, that's how it's going to look on the body. 
I also like it when they have videos. They usually have, you know, the model, lots of pictures of the model. And at the end, they have the video. The video, I think, stands out in seeing how the, the clothing really moves and, and works in your body. Yes, fantastic. And how it, how it actually lays on. And it also gives you an idea of the physicality of the model and how different they are than, like, me and then it's like oh i that's not gonna look on her on my butt like it looks on her butt because now i can't see her her butt in movement so connie if anybody wanted to work with you how can they find you and what are you offering at the moment okay so my website is connieo.no and then my instagram is clean and lean connie And I've said, so you can find the ballet bar that I spoke about in the beginning. It's available through my shop and you can shop everything through my Instagram. So that's a good way to start too. And the link to my website is in the bio. So clean and lean, Connie, you start there. So I'm offering 20% off for anyone who's watching this and wants to buy a ballet bar. So DM me and we'll figure that out. And then also for your listeners and your people who are seeing this now and, and perhaps later, if they decide to join or have a wardrobe analysis, I'm, off, I'm throwing in a year of my monthly subscription letter too. So I send out, I have a subscription service where you pay $10 a month and then I will, based on your body type and your work environments, I will send my, my, my picks of the month specifically for for your body type so you know you get that one year of that subscription thrown into the wardrobe analysis if, if they want to do that yeah so either you know just click in, in the shop and, and buy or dm me so we can start a conversation if you have questions and you have something else you want to ask me okay wonderful so thank you so much for sharing time with us today if anybody wants styling tips to follow connie along it's I, I love the content you post daily. I feel s s sparked something in me, some thought in, in how I'm doing things, how I'm showing up myself. So I'm so grateful to know you and have a great weekend. And I'll see you later. This is Friday. <laughs> Thank you for listening. For nutrition, coaching, wellness offerings, and upcoming events, please visit my website, paolaatlason.live. And for daily musings and simple advice, you can find me on Instagram at paolaatlasonwellness. Sending love.